Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name's Jerry Haley, and I serve on the personnel committee for our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. O loving God, to turn away from you is to fall. To turn toward you is to rise. And to stand before you is to abide forever. Grant us, dear God, in all our duties, your help. In all our uncertainties, your guidance. In all our dangers, your protection. And in all our sorrows, your peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now, in this time of worship, may our hearts be filled with gratitude and our mouths with your praise. Amen. Now, as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Please stand for call to worship. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually, remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. Let us worship God. The prophet Hosea speaks to us today when he says, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, Forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. So let us confess together to our merciful God. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with all our heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have refused to hear the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hear the good news. You are forgiven because Christ died for us, Christ rose for us, Christ reigns in power for us, Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. 
In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And now, with believers across the globe and down through the ages, let us state boldly what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us all turn and greet our neighbors in Christian love. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms on this wonderful 4th of July weekend. Welcome here and welcome with us on the television. We have, um, oh, before I forget again, please fill out the, uh, those friendship pads at the ends of the pews so we can greet one another by name. I always forget that, sorry. We have four or five wonderful announcements. The first is that you are needed to help with um, hosting with the Family Promise. We will be hosting a few families who have no home of their own at the time being. That would be the week of July 24. Sign-up table is under the tree in between services. Blood Drive will be here on July 10th, which is next, uh, next week. And all blood types are welcome to be donated because they need all types. And the sign-up is under the tree as well. Day of Hope is something that we are very proud of. Every year we do this, and it is July 23rd, Saturday this year. We are still in need of volunteers, especially the ambassadors. So the sign-up sheet is also under the tree. Dottie Tile will be there, and the details are on page 9 of the bulletin. And also, we have a wonderful news. All the middle schoolers who went on mission trip for a week are back in one piece. <laughs> and more importantly, their advisors also came back in one piece. So thanks be to God. Are there any other joys or concerns if not, let us continue to worship God.
our offerings of gratitude and tithings. of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth Let us pray. Father in heaven, you were rich, but you became poor so that in your poverty we might become rich. Help us to recognize that and in your generosity to us, 
think about how we freely can give as generously as we can. And we thank you for your life and your love and your sacrifice. And we just ask that we might be worthy as we thank you for these gifts. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. You may be seated. And now we're going to ask Carol okay, to come fine. forward and any of the children, young or old, join us. All right. <laughs> Someone's ready. <laughs> oh, this is the weekend that we get to celebrate. Tomorrow is the 4th of July, so I brought a flag. It's our country's birthday. Sam, you want to hold this for me? So the colors are red, white, and blue, right? Hold it up high. You don't want to let it touch the ground, right? You don't have to hold it up that high. But anyway, so red, white, and blue. Have you guys ever thought about what those colors stand for? You think? You know? Our flag, that's right, and our flag has red, white, and blue. So here's what I learned, Maddie. The red stands for courage. Many men and women have had the courage to stand up and fight for our country. They defend us and, uh, from, from our enemies, and a lot of them have died actually serving our country. The white part stands for purity. Purity means to do what is right. We hope and pray that our country will always stand for what is right. And the blue part is for justice. When we pledge allegiance to the flag, we always at the end say, with liberty and justice for all. What do you think that means? That means that everyone in this country, in our country, has the right to be treated equally and with respect. Those red, white, and blue remind us of our country, right? But you know what it reminds me of? Reminds me of Jesus, and here's why. The red part right here reminds me of Christ's blood that was shed when he died on the cross for my sins. This is really important because the Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. The white part reminds me of when I give my heart to Jesus, he washes me and I become white as snow. The Bible says that we were washed we were sanctified, and we were justified all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the blue part reminds me of God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. Do you know in the Bible it says when we confess our sins, he, he is, um, what, is he, what does it say? When, when we confess our sins, God is faithful, he is just, and he forgives us of our sins and he makes us all clean. And God keeps his promises, keeps his promises. He is faithful to keep his promises. So those colors, red, white, and blue, always remind us of our great country, right? But always think, I always think that that also reminds me, more importantly, of our great Savior, Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for blessing us and blessing this great country that we live in. Help us to show love a Christ-like love so that other people will know you through the love that we show them. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you can carry it if you want. Thank you, Carol, for the education on colors. Actually, when I became an American, they didn't teach me about the meaning of the colors. So it's a good thing. Our Bible lesson today comes from Psalm 30. We're still enjoying the songs and the poetry of the Psalms this summer. So today's is Psalm 30. Let us hear God's word to us. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those who gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. 
Weeping may linger for the night, and but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid my face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profits is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell you of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm here this morning to receive your amazement and praise for having survived an eight-day meeting. It was a meeting with morning, afternoon, evening, and even late at night beyond 11 p.m. sessions. I never knew I could sit still for hours after hours and stay awake. Well, most of the time. Thanks be to God for coffee. And I never knew I could be in so many hours of meetings and never once talk out loud. Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> a silent Mingy. My husband didn't believe that either. But it's true. Well, all admiration aside, I returned a week ago, early Sunday morning, from Portland, Oregon. I had been serving as one of the seven commissioners from Peace River Presbytery to our 222nd General Assembly of our Presbyterian Church. Can you believe that you belong to a church that is 220, 222 years old? In fact, I wanted to cancel out, and my husband will told me that a part of my ordination vows was to serve the church in its court, so I went. But I made him go with me. Why should I suffer alone? Since I have brought it up, I will tell a few things about General Assembly, but this is a sermon and not a report. Please remember I'm going to use my experience at General Assembly as an illustration for what the Psalm 30 is teaching us today. At the Assembly, we elected exciting new leadership for our church. We now have co-moderators for the first time ever in the history of our church. It is very appropriate as this is the 60th anniversary of women being ordained into ministry of word and sacrament. The very first woman ever ordained as a pastor or clergy or into word, ministry of word and sacrament is Margaret Towner. She is right here, she's still alive, and actively leading in the church and the presbytery, and she lives at the Glenridge. And most importantly to me, that she is my friend. At this assembly, we elected two ordained women as co-moderators, Jen Edmiston and Denise Anderson. Jen and Denise were energetic and excited. Under their leadership, the assembly moved forward with grace. We also elected a third-generation African-American pastor, J. Herbert Nelson, to be our stated clerk. The worship was varied in style and well-led. Our new Presbyterian hymn book was joyfully utilized, and we commissioned new missionaries. We apologize to those who have been sexually abused in the church and established stronger policies to protect children in particular. 
we expressed deep sorrow to those in the LGBTQ community for harm done to them in and by the church. We decided not to divest immediately from fossil fuel companies because we believe that in order we might have more influence in their board meetings. We stayed with our support for a two-state solution in Palestine and Israel. We welcomed guests from all around the world and from a variety of faiths. And we adopted the Belhar Confession into our book of confessions and approved the new directory of worship into our book of order. I ended up eager, deeply grateful to God for the gift of being a commissioner. I found myself fascinated with everything that went on. I was in awe as I watched how the Holy Spirit worked through the words worship, table fellowship, motions, amendments, and amendments of the amendments. I went to do my duty. I returned having received a blessing that alters the way I see my life and my ministry. The next part is what makes General Assembly an illustration of what our scripture lesson today teaches us. Some people approached the assembly holding as a memory of what God had done for our church in the years past. Others came mourning for how our church is different from what it was years ago. Still others came fearing we were dying, but we experienced something different. As our new stated clerk, the Reverend J. Herbert Nelson said, we are not dead, we are alive. I come away from the General Assembly not with a prayer that God would work a miracle and save our church, but rather with the conviction that God has already worked that miracle. We are already saved and called to live out what God has already done anew for us. We're not done with our need for God's help, but then we Presbyterian, Presbyterians never thought we were. Our identity is reformed and always being reformed. Nelson went on to say, we are reforming and transforming the world one person at a time. We're alive and we love God and we are loving our neighbor. In Psalm 30, the psalmist tells us, thanking God for the help God has given in the past is not enough. He wants sure that is still sure that God rescued his life and granted him abundance in life. The psalmist lived giving thanks to God for his salvation. The psalmist sees himself strong in the Lord, unmovable as a strong mountain. As it tells in verses six and seven, as for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved by your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. The psalmist is prosperous, strong and secure, and he is faithful in giving thanks to God for making him the way he is. But then the psalmist experiences a dark night of soul. Great saints and ordinary people alike have experienced that certain and dreadful sense that God has abandoned them. As the psalmist says in verse seven, you hid your face, I was dismayed. He knows himself to be in urgent need of God's help again. Gratitude expressed only in the past tense misguides us. If we are focused on a specific moment of salvation and blessing by God, we may think we have arrived. We may be ready to live our whole lives based on gratitude for what God did in the past, but that is dangerous. To our great good fortune, the God who loved and saved us once is in a loving, saving, and ongoing relationship with us. 
the covenant of that relationship establishes that we shall love and worship and serve God, and God will love and protect and save us. We do not receive just one gift of grace. Our daily lives are full of God's grace. As we see in the gospel according to John chapter 1, verse 16, from God's fullness, we all received grace upon grace. Our newly adopted directory of worship says, God acts with grace. We respond with gratitude. God claims us as beloved children. We proclaim God's saving love. God redeems us from sin and death. We rejoice in the gift of new life. This rhythm of divine action and human response found throughout scripture, human history, and everyday events shapes all of Christian life, faith, and worship. Now, here is the part where I start to meddle. In gratitude, there can be no being been there, done that. If that is what our gratitude looks like, all in the past tense, then we are in for the experiencing of the face of God being hidden from us. We are in for dismay. But Psalm 30 teaches us today and all the days to come, that is not the end of the story. God acted to save the psalmist from dismay. God did good for us in the past. God is doing good for us today, now. And God will do good for us in every future day of need. In the end, we can return for God's grace and help as often as we need it. For me, that is every day. For my husband, Will, it is every hour. A quote from our newly adopted Belhar Confession tells us, we believe in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who gathers, protects, and cares for the church through word and spirit. This God has done since the beginning of the world and will do to the end. Let me put it in the context for this weekend. On this Independence Day weekend, we know that the freedom we enjoy today is not just based on, a, on the sacrifices made in the past and God's help received in the past. Our independence is being renewed today in new guidance and help from God and by soldiers walking in harm's way for our protection. And we know we shall need God's help and soldier's sacrifice in the future. We thank God and we thank them and we give thanks to God for them. We can live giving thanks. We can make the psalmist song in Psalm 30 our own. We come to this Lord's table today even as the General Assembly came to the table every time it worshiped in Portland. We come to the table to celebrate the grace of God's love given to us in Christ every time and circumstance. The old church term for this table is called the Eucharist. It comes from the Greek term eucharitos, which actually literally means the giving of gratitude or thanks. We end as the psalmist ends Psalm 30, praising and thanking God. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen.
The scripture says, the people will come from east and west and from north and south to dine in the kingdom of God. Friends, we have come from all walks of life and all directions of the world and from all backgrounds. This is the Lord's table and the Lord invites all of us who believe in him to come and dine with him and to feast with him because he has prepared this feast for us. On the night of his arrest, our Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks to God, he broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So every time we eat this bread and we drink of this cup, we proclaim the death of our risen Lord until he comes again, and he will come again. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, in grace, you have opened our eyes to see your hand at work in the beauty of creation and in the changing currents of human history. Touched by your hand and blessing, we see our world is holy for it is your own creation. Help us to cherish all that is around us and in our thanksgiving for your abundant gifts. On this Independence Day weekend, we thank you for the blessing we received in being a part of this great country and for the freedom we enjoy. Be with those whose past and current sacrifices make that freedom possible for us. Be with all who work to alleviate in injustice and oppression in any place, we pray. Merciful God, through our hands, reach to help us, lift up those who are ill or discouraged or hungry or afraid, we pray. Be present with those who grieve, we pray. We give you thanks for your love in your son Jesus, in whom we receive our salvation. Gracious God, now pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion and the body of our Jesus Christ. We bring our prayers spoken and unspoken to you in the name of our Lord Jesus who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now our Lord took bread.
the Lord took the cup.
Well, let's pray together. Father, as we have received these gifts of bread and wine, you have fed us with the spiritual food of the body and blood of our Savior, Jesus. We praise and thank you for assuring us of your goodness and your love, and that we are the members of his body. So we pray that you'll renew us by your Holy Spirit, unite us in the body of your Son, and bring us with all your people into the joy of your eternal kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Father's God to thee, author of liberty, to thee we sing, long may our land be bright with thee, freedom's holy light. Protect us by thy might, great God, our King. Remember that and live your everyday life giving thanks to God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen.